We Win presents the Winner's Circle Podcast. The Winner's Circle Podcast, a weekly women's empowerment podcast geared toward uplifting, encouraging, and inspiring women to live purpose-driven lives. We have healthy conversations to unpack our issues in a safe space and achieve both personal and professional breakthroughs. The conversations are different here at the Winner's Circle. We look forward to conversing with you. And so um, when I went to counseling, and it's crazy how I already knew it, but to hear it and have someone call you out on it, Mm. it's something about it and so when I went the very first time I went to counseling um, I went to counseling with my um, my kid's dad and so um, he kind of just went down everything that he had been doing that wasn't right and so when this lady got done with everything she was like so um Miss Coca how are you feeling about that and I was like you know did you just hear all of that and so to know all of that I can't even hold him responsible. I have to hold myself responsible because I made him think that that was okay. And knowing that, I don't want to take a chance of putting myself back in that position. So she said, you know what? I need you to come back and see me. So I came back and I saw her and we talked some more. And y'all, when I tell you, I cried my behind off. I cried my behind off because she spoke of the confidence. She said that you have confident moments you have very you have a lot of confident moments but you're not as confident as you think you are because if you were a confident person a lot of the things that you have pretty much dealt with you would have not dealt with if you were as confident as you think you are now when she said that I was just like okay I've already knew I have confident moments this and that so now when she said this one word y'all I cried I cried my heart out she hit me with the you lack self-esteem you have low self-esteem mm, that we never want to we never want to hear that word we never want to hear that <laughs> i cry i cry after she, she kept on talking and i was just i don't want to hear it no more i don't want to hear it i got in my car I drove all the way home and i was embarrassed to say it because when you let someone know that you're going to counseling they're going to want to know how it goes mm-hmm. so when i got home and i had to open up to my friend about it we both cried and we looked up the, 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 the definition and so um, it was very obvious It was I mentioned before where there were all these people that would see the awesomeness in me but I questioned why that is a sign of having low self esteem when you're questioning why people think you're awesome when you're questioning why you feel like you don't deserve certain things in your life and I needed that. I, I needed that, y'all. I, I needed that call. And so I called the lady back. I was like, I know I told you I wasn't coming back to you, but I'm coming. I'm coming because <laughs> <laughs> I, I need help. I, I need help. Right. And that, so, was, that was a defining moment for you, I believe. It, it was, y'all. I, for a long time, just because, you know, in the Black community, we don't believe in going to counseling. My, oh, my, my gosh. Family, they, yes. They weren't really for it. 
everybody was around they were kind of like so are you crazy and i'm like you know what right right you want to call me crazy i'll be crazy but i look good (laughs) let me tell you i just posted i just posted the other day right because um i i go to therapy as well I, I, I haven't been in a minute and I was feeling, I was starting to feel a little anxious and, you know, I kind of manage my anxiety and things through meditation and through breathing and now so through walking and different things like that. But the other day I just kind of felt like it was kind of, you know, getting, it was getting to that point where I said, you need to know the signs when it's time to contact your therapist like you need to be able to be able to tell, okay, you know what, it might be time for me to go in for a session. I I try to encourage people to go to therapy because for one it's healthy it's it's healthy we have things that we carry we have things that we're dealing with and you know it it needs to no longer be a taboo thing because you go to therapy does not mean that you're crazy but mental health is just as important as physical health and we are so quick to dismiss or to ignore our mental health, you know, but if, if something was wrong with us, if we broke our arm or if we had the flu or something like that, we would be quick to go to the doctor and to get the care that we needed to be well. So we need to be able to have that same energy when it comes to our mental health. Mental health is just, it's very important. I remember the first time I went to counseling, It was when my mother passed away and I was 13 and I had like a really rough upbringing, you know, childhood, things like that. And my mom passing away the way she passed, um, it was a traumatic experience. And so, you know, my uncle made sure that I went to a therapist and I would go to this therapist every like every week after school. I would walk to the therapist and I would talk to her. And so at a very early age, having that exposure to therapy, I was always open to it. To this day, I'm thankful that my uncle allowed me that opportunity instead of just being like, she's okay, you know, she'll be all right, you know, people die all the time or whatever the case is, because sometimes people just think, well, if, you know, especially in the church that, you know, well, baby, we just going to pray that away. Prayer is very important and it's essential. However, prayer along without, faith. Yes, prayer without work. And that's right. Faith without works is dead. Yes. So, so the faith is you praying. And the work is you going to get the help, the counseling, Mm -hmm. the therapy and the things that you need so that you can be restored. Like God, if you can't think that God created all of these things and didn't create counseling or therapy or, you know, Mm -hmm. these types of things. And so I think it's really important. And I'm glad that you did seek out the help that you needed because divorce is a traumatic experience. And, you know, it's something that, you know, you have to be able to, again, heal and process and you know once you go to those um counselors or those therapists they're able to pull things out that you probably didn't even know was there right like the self-esteem thing like how many we walk around and we think because you like she said like she said those moments of confidence that we have but deep down inside are we really like you you probably were living like in an imposter syndrome why do you think i'm great why do you think i'm awesome do I, am I really supposed to be here right now? Like sometimes we do doubt ourselves um, and we don't see what other people see in us. Other people might see our greatness, but if we don't see it in ourselves, then again, like she said, low self-esteem, confidence, things like that. I also think, and I was just kind of like listening to you and taking notes while you were talking, but one of the things that you were talking about um, when you said that, you know, when you had that counseling session with your ex-husband and you guys talked about the things that he had done that you kind of, you know, allowed, right? And so 
we have to, you know, own our part in what we allow in our lives. And it's funny because I was just reading, um, you know, some life coaching um, studies that I'm doing. And it was a great conversation where we talked about like what our core values were. Right. And so we talked about all of these values that we had. And then in bold, um, it was security. And it was some, let me see, it was security. It was freedom. It was authenticity. And he talked about how a lot of times with, with these core values that we have, like you might say, well, I want someone that's honest or loyal or passionate or the, and we have these things, right? And yeah. then we will look at, or we'll see that this person doesn't necessarily have the core values necessarily that we are seeking in a mate or in a companion. And, but we will choose to not, we'll choose to ignore those things because there's two values. Well, there's one that we might value over the other, which is security. And so sometimes in that we compromise who we are and we compromise what we want for the security. And when we do that, then we're not being authentic. We're not being who we are. We're not being our authentic or our genuine selves. So we're compromising our core values and who we are for the security. And so, and when we do that, then if we're not being authentic and being who we are, then we're sacrificing our freedom. And I felt that that was just so deep because I was like, man, when you look at it at the end of the day, most of us, we do appreciate or we do value freedom. But when you really think about freedom, freedom is being who we are like unfiltered un- not being a people pleaser not wearing all of these different masks and trying to be who other people think that we should be but being true to who we are that is true freedom and in order for us to be free we have to be willing to step out on faith and sometimes stepping out on faith means stepping out of our comfort zone and stepping out of that security but so many times we get caught up in that security security is big for many of us We like to be secure. We like to be comfortable, but there's no growth in that comfort zone. And a lot of times we'll start sacrificing things that we really truly believe in because of the security. But security means, again, no freedom because we're not really able to be who we are and be authentic. And I just thought that that was like a real deep, like, uh, I guess, you know, breakdown of how we kind of operate in relationships. Exactly. So. And so like you were saying, you know, you weren't really being Leisha in that moment. Um, You compromised, you know, what you really wanted from a mate and from a spouse for the security. So you you kind of sacrificed the security piece um, and wasn't actually free. And it's like once you were able to come into your own and figure out who Leisha was, now you free, girl. <laughs> and, listen, no, really. And that's where my name, that's a part of where my name came from. Fancy free. <laughs> exactly. <clears throat> it makes total sense. It makes total sense. Man, we have talked about so many things. I mean, you just have so much going on. I was taking notes and I know that I have questions here, but I just think that like every part of your story like has something for someone, right? So it's like, (laughs) and it's like, I don't want to, I don't want to keep cutting you off, but I'm like, okay, let me get this point out because this is good right here. But I mean, you just talked, you touched on so many topics. I mean, 
the importance of homeschooling. Um, you know, there's a lot of parents right now, especially with COVID and, you know, the way the school system is right now that, you know, they don't know if they go into school. You got parents that's fighting to send their kids to school. You got parents that's fighting to keep their kids out of school. And I think that one of the things that you mentioned about how at first, when you first started homeschooling, you didn't really have that confidence that you talked about to be able to really teach your children. Um, but then you saw that being that hands-on homeschooling parent. And I know that, you know, for those who are out there, by no means am I saying that you have to homeschool your children. However, there are so many benefits to doing that. Um, well, if you if you are able to, because not everyone is able to, but just as you said, you know, you were able to teach them things and show them things that they would have never learned in school. And to those of you who have children um, who are in school, you know, this is an, this is one of those opportunities to where, as you can see, you said your child was reading, writing and doing all of those things before he even went to, to pre-K. Mm -hmm. It's possible. It is possible um, to be able to, you know, teach your children those skills. And so those of you who may have to homeschool your, your, your children this year, you know, I just, you know, I hope that you're able and I pray that you find the confidence that you can do it. I know that it's hard and I know that it may be challenging, especially if you are, you know, working, working full time, working from home. I know that it's a challenge and it's a struggle because I, I can recall at the top of the pandemic interviewing now, parents. Yes. The COVID has really made things really hard. But what I'm going to tell once everything is normal, I encourage everybody to homeschool. Something that a lot of people don't know. I actually went to school for early childhood education, <laughs> early childhood education. And once I got in the classroom, I was just like, uh, no, this is not for me. And for more than one reasons, guys, in the locations where my um, my kids dad was stationed, it would always be predominantly white. And so I'm sitting here in this classroom. And again, I'm very nice. I'm very easygoing. I'm not an argumentative person or anything like that. And so I guess a lot of times they felt comfortable to just pretty much say how they felt. And so um, I remember just sitting in the classroom and I had a Caucasian teacher. She kind of was like, you know what? Hey, black kids, stand up. And then she said, hey, white kids, stand up. And she had both of the kids walk towards her. Now, when the black kid got towards her, she starts clenching her purse and she starts walking closer to the white guy. So she's kind of like, can anybody tell me why I just did that? And so I was just in here, you know, already knowing what she finna say. And she was like, I don't feel safe. And I was like, okay. Whoa. So, yeah, she pretty much, and she, this is what she said. And it kind of, in, in a way, she said, um, I, I, she, and it's pretty much, she said, I know the white guy. I feel safe. I know what he's capable of. I grew up around white people. She mm -hmm. said, now, as far as the black guy, I know what I see on TV. Mm. So I know what oh my I gosh. Said, I oh my know gosh. what I yeah, she said I know what I hear about you people. Mm -hmm. I and this and that. And she said it doesn't stop there. She said when you have your kids in class, that's how it is. Mm. She, she said that when Susan comes to school and her hair is not done, because I uh, I pretty much know I you know, I feel for her mom, she's gonna assume that Susan's mom was tired that morning and that's why Susan's hair is not done. Now let Shailisha let her mm -hmm. let her come in and her hair not done. That's child neglect because again, that's what she's been that's wow. what she's seen, that's what she's heard. And so it's pretty much in a sense where she's gonna look out for her people. 
But, of course. Yeah, and, and that's how I feel like we need to do. We need to look out for our people. So, you know, I... Exactly. <laughs> but you know what? And, and so what that teacher demonstrated, which is what I've been saying for quite some time and for many years, is that, again, it's about comfort. It's about being familiar. And mm-hmm. so she's a school teacher that's saying this, but there's police officers that feel exactly. this exact same way. And yes. so that is why they police us the way they do. And I've been saying this, I, I've been, oh my God, it's almost like beating a dead horse. They police us in the way that they do simply because they don't know us. They don't grow up with us. They're not, only thing they know about us is what they see on television, how we're portrayed, which goes into a whole other conversation that I won't Mm -hmm. go into today because I really feel like we need to start being you know more we need to take a better approach and and be and take over the how we are being portrayed um you know I get you know that some stories have to be shown and things like that but you know we have to start taking control over our stories and on how we are shown we are always being depicted negatively and you know the I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get on my soapbox, but no, again, I, know. I, I hear you. And so that that's. I remember I, because again, my kid's dad, he didn't like the idea that I homeschooled, and I was like, "There's no way in the world I'm gonna send my baby into the school." Because once I put him there, I was like, "No, he don't belong there. I'm not gonna send my baby off to where he's not wanted, where he's not belong. He, he does not belong there. I'm not gonna send him there if I can stop it. If I have anything." to do with it and so um once I started homeschooling you guys I did not know this going in but homeschooling is really really big not just now but it's really really big in the community a lot of people are not aware of this but places like the zoo the aquarium um different auto uh, auto mechanic shops they offer homeschool courses if you realize that your baby has a talent in something small you can go ahead and start kind of helping them master their gift, their skill. You can send them to, to the aquarium for the homeschool days where they have classes or the, uh, to the zoo if you know you have a child that has an interest in animals. I have my five-year-old who has an interest on cars. And so he goes to, my brother has a shop. And so he, he goes to my brother and he knows how to change the oil, change the tire. And so... Um, not only that, if you do not have the patience to homeschool, it's a community effort. I've met with other moms that are like, hey, I know how to cook. I have moms that are like, I'm really good at math. Then you have the dad that's good in science or this and that. And we all kind of group together. And there you have like a whole homeschool co-op where you mm. get to, um, where you either get to create your own but you can also research in Google. They already have co-ops that are started, put together. And for small fees, you get to pretty much small fees, supplies, and then not just supplies, but volunteering when you can. Um, you have uh, other parents that have a degree or certification and they teach your children that for you. Like sometimes math is not always my strong point. And so I do, I do take my baby to a homeschool co-op where he gets to be in a classroom setting with other children that are homeschooled. 
So then they're also getting the social aspect of it as well, because that was one of the big things about, you know, people who were against homeschooling was that, oh, they don't get, you know, to have that socialization piece. Because, again, by no means am I saying that, you know, the brick and mortar schools are bad schools. So that's not what I'm saying. And no, also, they're not. They're not. I, I also want to keep in mind that, you know, we know that, especially within our community, that there are not um, always... Um, households that are able to do this right so even now with again with the COVID and the pandemic and things like that happening you look at the children who are going to struggle and who will suffer because they can't go to school because of whatever their household situations are you know whether it's they don't have access to wi-fi or you know they're living in an environment that it's unsafe or domestic violence or they're not getting you know nutritious meals a day some of yeah. these children were actually depending on school just to have healthy meals you know um you know while they're there or getting access to you know technology and you know different things like that and when they get home they necessarily so we don't want to forget about those and I'm always trying to be mindful because sometimes you know it's easy for us to kind of get stuck in you know where we are right like you know Mm -hmm. yes everyone has wi-fi everyone has a laptop and no everyone doesn't and so when you start talking about you know with all of the changes which is why i can understand why a lot of the parents are really frustrated you know i can remember being a single mom a single struggling mom who did not have a computer in the home or wi-fi or things of that nature when my kids were growing up and so you know of course you know as we were able to you know get to a better place financially and different things like that but I do you know my heart goes out for those parents who are not financially able to be able to provide that sort of lifestyle but I think that I preach uh, hands-on I preach hands-on my babies know how to use a computer but we don't we don't we don't school with the computer mm. We we do not touch a computer I think that we I think it's really important for us to um, when you when you spoke about the co-op and you spoke about the different parents that get involved, you know, it kind of goes back to, you know, it takes a village. And I honestly believe that. And I think that and I'm hoping it is my hope that, you know, with with the things that's happened, because I'm an avid believer that everything happens for a reason. And while you know, COVID-19 is, has, is terrible. Um, you know, we've lost lives to this, to this virus. Um, people are getting more and more cases and all of that stuff. However, the flip side of it is it has, you know, changed the way we do things. We do have a new normal now, like Mm -hmm. to your point, the homeschooling and, you know, it's, it's making us go back to doing a lot of things that we got away from and one of those things being family and community and looking out for each other and coming together and I think that all of those things are um you know something that we need to bring back um my neighbor my neighbor directly across the house from me until COVID I didn't know who my neighbor was right (laughs) (laughs) and that's like all my neighbors around me but now that COVID has happened I know my neighbors and when I say I know my neighbors I know my neighbors and they all have children and again when it comes to the community and having a village we have took turns watching each other kids to go to the grocery store not only that we've learned as far as you know what everybody knows that I'm going through my divorce and so they're like you know what we know you're tired we made you dinner tonight. We know your wow. son. We know that your son has this allergy and you can't eat this. 
but we made dinner anyway. I was going to say, making dinner for y'all has to be a challenge because y'all don't eat anything. So that speaks volumes that your neighbors are even, you know, able to do that. So that, that I think that's great. And yes, I think that it's just really important for us to get back to community to get, because when you think about it, you know, African-Americans, the African-American culture and community, we are the ones that out of all different cultures, ethnicities, and, you know, we are the ones that don't stick together. And I'm like, we could get so much further ahead if we didn't have that kind of crabs in the barrel mentality or that, you know, mentality of I'm just going out for self and I'm not worried about my neighbor. I'm not worried about, you know, the person that's next to me. I just got to focus on me and mine. And I think that with this pandemic, it has kind of changed that a little bit. I think that there has been a shift in the atmosphere to where we have become, you know, more sensitive or more, you know, thought thoughtful of you know not just ourselves but our family and Mm -hmm. our friends and our community and you know I didn't even know I I I know that homeschool's been you know pretty popular um and I know a lot of parents who do homeschool their children and I know it's becoming even more popular now since the pandemic but I was not aware of the co-ops and I'm sure that there's a lot of parents out there who are not aware that these you know opportunities and things are out there but I just keep going back and thinking back to when you spoke about how you and your mom and your grandmom, like the things that you're able to teach your sons that again, they would not have been exposed to if they were in brick and mortar schools. I read an article a few weeks ago about a um, parents who like literally pulled their kids out of school and they just decided they was going to travel the world with these kids. And I'm like, well, one, how is defects not on y'all? But <laughs> which they shouldn't be anyway. But they decided that their kids were going to learn while they traveled abroad. And so they just traveled the world with their children and their children. Can you imagine the things that they are learning while they're just traveling the world? I can. And I'm so jealous that financially I cannot afford to do that because from driving to Atlanta and driving to California with my kids, when I say that we just made stops at everything that we found fascinating, we just made stops. And not only that, but when we got in California, California was expensive. I'm not going to lie about that part. But now the amount of museums that they offer in the Santa Monica and the Los Angeles area, and it was another place we visit, the museums were either no more than $10 or they were free. I was in California and every day we went to a different museum. Wow. And, and, and that's I, where the and that's where the true learning is. Like you said, your children don't even touch a computer. And when you think about it, I, I mean, I, and this is probably telling my age right now, but we didn't really have computers in school either. <laughs> so, you know, we got we got lightly introduced to the Internet, probably like my junior, senior year, I think, because I graduated in 97. And that's all I'm going to say. Um <laughs> But to your point, yes, you know, we have become such a technological, you know, a, a technology um, society now to where everything is on the computer. And I think that, you know, that's the difference that this distance learning and this virtual learning thing is because, you know, your kid, you know, if they are doing this distance learning, they're pretty much going to be stuck on a computer for five to six or however many hours a day. And, you know, are they really learning like that to where, as you said, you know, the things that you're teaching them, you're not teaching them on a computer, you're teaching them through hands on skills. And that makes the difference. So, yeah, I, I, you know, I'm looking, looking back now, you know, I wish that um, my children would have had a little bit more opportunity to get those learning experiences. 
Um, but you know, they're, they're still learning now, even as adults. And I think that yes. we never stop learning. We never stop. Um, so, and I, and I'm not having any more children, but, um, <laughs> you know, my God children and, you know, the ones that come up after and later on, you know, definitely I would be, you know, more of, you know, let me, let, let me see what I can teach you that you're not going to learn on a computer or from being in the classroom because learning shouldn't stop and, and parents shouldn't just solely um, depend on teachers to teach their children. Like you should be teaching your kid at home. <laughs> your exactly, kids should be yeah. learning things at home that you cannot teach them in school because teachers are there to teach a curriculum. Of course, they you know, they go outside of that and teachers teach them a whole lot more because of the amount of time they spend with them. But at the end of the day, it's our responsibility um, to make sure that our kids are being exposed to things and that they're learning things, those life skills, how to prepare for interviews, how to wear suits, how to balance checkbooks and how to, you know, do taxes and all of the stuff that, you know, we were not taught in school. It's our responsibility and it's our village's responsibility to come together and teach the children that yeah to teach it and to expose them to as much as you can while they're little and i i promise um clayton state clayton state offers a ton of little shows for homeschoolers we've gone to so many plays at the fox and again the tickets were only five dollars we've gone to shows at the fox clayton state has a lot of shows um trying to think i was gonna say so how do you get access to this or how do you find this information where like where you just kind of go online and 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 seek it or like how are you getting access to these five because i want to go to some of these five dollar shows myself when the city when the when the um (laughs) when the country opens back up for real now i found out about them again through networking and visiting different um, homeschool co-ops and then once I started getting in with the different co-ops once you actually go to the location you kind of talk to them like hey um, how can I continue and then they'll say oh well it was on the website and I'm like Mm. what I didn't have to go through this person (laughs) wow but that networking is important because again if you don't know and that's one of the reasons why you know I really um, wanted to start this podcast is because you know when when I get people on here, you know, it's about sharing knowledge, sharing information. And, you know, once it's out there, it's up to you to go out and seek it and, and, and things like that. But the networking piece is so important because everyone knows things that someone else does not know. And so once you start talking and sharing, then it's like, wow, I didn't know that. You know, like I said, it's mind blowing even about this homeschool co-op. Like, I don't know that And maybe it's just me because my kids are older and I'm not in school. You know, they're not in school. So maybe that's why I wasn't privy to this information. But I am almost for sure that more people will start joining these co-ops. But I'm sure that a lot of people don't share this information. So guys, you know, winners, it's important for us to make sure that we are sharing with each other. Like if, if you know something share it with your neighbors. It's not hurting you. It's not, you know, you're not losing anything, but I always say each one, each one, reach one, teach one. Like that's how Mm -hmm. we grow. And again, going back to community, like for some reason, community is just on my heart today and in my spirit today to really push the fact that we have to start really coming together and being more, you know, just community mindset. It's time for us to take care of each other. Let's get back to the Black Wall Street. Let's get back to the times when we looked out for one another. When you, when if your child got out of line, you know, 
I, I could I could let your child know or dis, not discipline. I ain't about to beat your kid, but no, least, yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's a village. You know what I'm saying? It, it's, it's really a village, and I think that we really have to get back to that village mentality. Yes, we we definitely do. And so yeah, you can actually find a lot of the um, one of the co-ops that I I um, I'm active on is the Newton County Homeschool Co-op because I, I stay in Newton County, but they do have um, you just have to kind of Google them by county. And um, some stuff should come up. And a lot of them do have Facebook pages. And so from the Facebook page or group, um, every, just depending on what a mother's day is like, she may say, hey, you know what? We needed to breathe. We're going to be at the park. Anyone's down for a lunch play date. And so, again, that's more networking and that's more kids getting social time because everyone feels that, again, homeschool kids are not social. But my kids are very social and they can hold a conversation with you no matter your age. And I, that's what I found. Like when I've met, I had met a young, a, a young student. Um, he had came and spoke at our church and he was actually an actor. I cannot remember what his name was, but when I tell you he was so eloquent and his vocabulary was just so extensive and he was just so well-rounded and he was so mature and you know, we were sitting there listening to him and I'm like, oh my God, he sounds like a grown man. And he was like 13 or 14 years old. <laughs> But his parents had pulled him out of school, was homeschooling him, and then he was an actor. I cannot remember this young this this young man's name or the movie that he was in. Um, but he was just like I was so impressed by him. I just was like blown away. Um, but he talked about you know how homeschool. You know he he was like you know I loved it. He said and I didn't miss out on anything. Um, you know, I didn't miss out on socialization because, you know, we still socialize with other children and different things like that. Um, they did travel a lot again because he was an actor. But, you know, there they are just there are a lot of benefits to homeschool, you know, to homeschooling your children. Um, if you're able to do it, um, I would say go for it, because at least, you know, kind of like going back to the gardening. You are just, again, giving us so many tips. If you can grow your own food grow it because at least you know what you're putting into your body you know what i'm saying like mm -hmm. you just when you have when you when we start taking control back the way our elders did and the way our ancestors did over you know what we learned and what we were taught and what we were exposed to then we're kind of more in you know we we know what's in our bodies with mind body spirit all of those things but right now we're kind of just being subjected to whatever they feed us, whatever they teach us, whatever they give us. So we got to start taking control um, and getting our control back is what I think. Yes, we definitely do. <laughs> so we've been talking for like an hour and 20 minutes.